The Denver Nuggets spoke on Tuesday about what they need to do in game three. We'll get into how they're approaching this game, what needs to happen, some keys that maybe they can do better instead of focusing on how to make the Heat play worse. All that and more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us, making us your first listen. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Wednesday morning before Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Appreciate you guys joining us on whatever platform that you've chosen, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on YouTube, the best way for you to support the show. We've grown so much on the YouTube channel throughout this playoff run. We appreciate all your support. If you are an everydayer, we appreciate you guys the most, obviously, for joining us every single day. And we hope that you will share the show with somebody that you know. you got a friend, got a colleague, got a coworker talking about the Nuggets. Make sure to let them know that you listen to Locked on Nuggets. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Uh, running solo today. Uh, Adam Mars is not available today. So I'm going to take you through what I found out at Media Day for the NBA Finals on Tuesday. My days are entirely messed up. I have no idea what day it is. It feels like Friday to me. It's not Friday. Uh, we'll go over what I, what the comments were from the players yesterday, some of the perspective from the Heat. Uh, I'll talk about some of the things that I think that the Nuggets can do better in Game 3 that are outside of the context of the direct problems that we've addressed in terms of the defensive breakdowns and those types of things. We'll talk about some other things I think that Denver can get into doing better in Game 3. Appreciate you guys being with us. So many folks hanging out with us in the chat today. Ooh, got, got a great start here. Um, all right, let's start here. So on... Tuesday, the players uh, and coaches met with the media. And I'm, I'm sure the most listeners of the show, considering that they're online folks, um, have probably heard that the team had a team dinner at Jeff Green's house in Miami on Tuesday night. I think that these little things are important. And I want to kind of bring some context from my experience covering the finals as I've done it. I think this is my ninth uh, time covering the finals. So, one of the things that you can tell is there are teams that get here and know that like we have gotten as far as we can go. And they're like either just happy to be here or they're in more of like a, you know, they're really up against it and they understand that situation. Things like the team dinner seem really small. Cause it's like how often these guys have dinner a lot, but it's very easy. I think to fracture and be like, we need time away from each other, need to reset, need to get some distance and instead being able to go out and have a good time. Uh, and enjoy one another like they did at that team dinner and then come in the next morning because they did it on Monday night and then come in the next morning and have a really open and honest film session, which is what the Nuggets said happened on Tuesday morning, um, I think is really healthy. I think it's a good sign for them that they're able to come in and address their issues and there's still like the, the sense of accountability. There are signs when teams start to fracture. Like you can tell when teams start to fracture, not all the time. Sometimes teams hide it really well. But um, I can give you a, kind of an example of this, which is 2014, uh, the Heat. Like, that team was not connected. Like, they, they knew this was the last run, and they knew that they were out, outgunned by the Spurs, uh, and they knew that they weren't going to be able to get it done. And to be honest, like, I think most of them knew that LeBron was going back to Cleveland. And so, like, that creates a sense of 
you know, okay, this is probably not going to happen. And instead, you know, I think this Nuggets team is still very connected and in a pretty good headspace as far as that goes. Um, Michael Malone was about what you expect. He was calmer after the, after the game, which like he lit up his guys, you know, and he was asked by Joe Borden of the athletic about how he balances when to call guys out. And one of the things that I noted before the press conference, I said this to folks in the media room was just like, look, if you notice Malone didn't call out MPJ and you're like, well, yeah, but he was obviously talking about him. True. But he didn't call him out. And this is a key differential is that there are coaches that will directly call out players that will directly say that the X player needs to do Y. And I think that's pretty, that's never a good look. It's when you talk about it as a team perspective, when you're able to say, you know, it was more than one guy and Malone, like, he backed up. He backed up MPJ when Mike Singer, the Post, asked about him. You can read about that uh, over in Mike's story over on the DenverPost.com. Support local journalism. Um, that you know, he talked about how, like, look, it's not one guy, and, and the solve is not going to be one guy. Like, one guy doesn't have to play better. We have to play better as a team, and we all have to play better. Um, Malone focused in on some key parts of the game that we'll get into in segment two in terms of the fourth quarter stuff and how that stuff happens. Um, I think also when we talk about MPJ's response, cause I was in there is, you know, MPJ, I think was in a pretty healthy headspace. Uh, he seemed to understand, like, I think it's very easy for us to paint these kind of big picture, broad strokes of guys when it's like, he had a bad game. And he did. He had a bad game and he knows it, you know, he knows that he needs, he needs to do better than that. And, the message was probably like, Hey, even if you're missing shots, you got to stay locked in. Like we're going to lose if we don't do this. Like if we don't stay locked in, if we get disconnected from process. And I will say that, you know, we, we kind of talked about how confident the nuggets were in this matchup. I think in part, this kind of plays into it where it's like, they came into the series versus the Suns and against the Lakers with such a, this is going to be really tough. Like this is going to be really tough. And to you know Malone's credit, I think Malone knew how tough this one was going to be that like he said, like this is going to be the toughest thing we've ever had to do. Right. I don't know if the players like really thought that until game two, I think after game two, they were like, all right, this is going to be tough. And you know, we can talk about how they're going to respond. But one thing I will say is what you don't want is you don't want them to feel like they are up against it. Those Toronto teams with LeBron were like, they knew the jig was up because they're going up against LeBron. And like DeMar said that he was like, look, if we had LeBron James, we'd probably win. Right. There are other times when you can be in a playoff series and guys will know, like the challenge ahead of them. And they'll always talk confident. Like players are never going to be like, yeah, I know we're out of it. You know, it's always like, even when they're down three Oh, it's like we win one. And you know, the, the Celtics did this, like let us win one. Don't let us win one. And they let them win three. And then they still lost because they're the Celtics. Um, but I do think that there is a mentality with the Nuggets is pretty healthy. And like, look, it's possible that they're bickering behind the scenes and that everything is terrible and the team is falling apart and Malone's riding them too hard. I don't want to say that like their appearances before us for 15 minutes are indicative of what's going on. I'll say that, like, I haven't heard anything about, about that. Like, I don't know that I would get that information if it was true, but that hasn't been the sense. And I'll also say that like Aaron Gordon came in with a huge smile on his face. I asked him how he was feeling because he left the arena. He was like, I felt much better. He's like, I really did feel under the weather the other night and just really felt like crap. But now I feel much better. Um, but he had like a big smile on his face and MPJ was calm and confident. MPJ didn't seem rattled. And Jamal and Nicole are never going to seem rattled. I just don't think it's wired into their DNA. Um, Malone didn't seem rattled. I think Malone Malone actually was way more relaxed than I thought he was going to be. I thought Malone was going to be very uptight and very much like, I have to keep riding them because apparently they won't try. 
but it feels like Malone reached that that fever pitch point on Sunday night in the loss. Went to Miami, had the team dinner, did the film work, and now they feel like they're in a better place. That doesn't, I will say, like that doesn't determine the outcome of Game Three. Like they can lose this game tonight because the Heat shoot forty nine percent from three again. They can lose this game tonight because they shoot twenty percent from three. They can lose this game tonight because they play badly. They can lose this game tonight because Jimmy Butler goes. Like there's a bunch of ways they can lose this game. But if we're looking at creating the optimal situations, I don't think that they had the right approach in game two. And I think that my read on the team is that they're in a better position mentally to play as a team, to have the right approach in game three. Now they just got to go out and play and we'll see how that goes. On the other side, I want to talk about some of the tactical things that they can do to improve on some of this stuff. I'll talk about a question that I asked Michael Porter Jr., about some of the switches and the problems that it's causing and, and what some of those issues are and how there are solves and not solves for some of this. We'll do that on the other side when we return on Locked On Nuggets. First, I need to tell you about the Game Time app. So my wife went to the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs at Red Rocks the other night. It was apparently an amazing show that I would have gone to um, had I not been in Miami. Happy to be here. It's an amazing experience. Always a blessing to be able to, to cover the NBA Finals. Uh, but you got tickets on the game time app because they were able to give her the best price. And, and when I was looking to see if I was, you know, if I hadn't gone, I was like, I looked on the game time app and I was like, how much could I get tickets for? And it was outrageous how good a deal I could get on game time the day of that concert and getting be able to get tickets for red rocks the day of how awesome is that to be able to see that, that stuff for us. Um, talk about a time, uh, you know, you're buying tickets to your favorite event. It shouldn't be stressful. Game time's fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And they got killer deals on last minute tickets with the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. Get images of your seat before you buy. It's huge for my wife because she's short. She's a little short, short woman. And so uh, she needs to be able to see, see over people to enjoy the concert or sporting event or whatever. Um, so you'll know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets, thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. I want to start with a comment from the, from the chat section. As Freddie says, uh, the blown switches take hours off my life. Um, and it's true, like they, they failed to call out the right switches and there were clearly miscommunications with the switches because you could tell by the body language, if you go back and watch, there are times when Jamal or Nicola or Aaron or another guy will openly look at the other player. And it's not just MPJ. MPJ was in some of them, but Jamal was on some of them too. KCP was on some of them and look at them like, what are you doing? Like, I thought we were doing this. Um, MPJ said something interesting yesterday. Cause I asked him about the blown switches. I was like, is that mostly communication or are there things that they're doing? Like I phrased it this way. I was like, are there things that they are doing, which make those switches hard to navigate? And he, he mentioned, and this is a pretty, this is not a complicated thing. This is a basic thing, but he was like, they know all of our coverages. And he was like, and they're reacting to it in the moment. He was like, so if I call a switch, they're slipping out for threes. If we don't call a switch, they're setting a hard screen to get clearance on the guard. And like, 
that's again, this is not this is not rocket science. This is stuff that every NBA player who would say happens a lot. But I will say, like, this is one of the differences in the regular season and the playoffs is you go into every kind of regular season game with like just kind of we'll play this how it is. Oh, they like to do this in these type of situations, but they know all those coverages. And one of the things that that MPJ stopped himself um, a little bit from saying this, the my read and what he was saying and what he didn't say was that they worked on trying to disguise it a little bit in film sessions to try and mix up. Now, the problem is you're on the road, right? And so communication gets harder when you're on the road. It just is just all communication gets tougher when you're on the road. Um, and so like, they've got to be very sharp if they're implementing new things about how to do that. And they've got to know exactly, they've got to be on the same page. If the communication is not clear in game three, guess what? The heat are going to generate all those open looks that they got in the first two games. And they got the same amount of open looks in game one is game two. And it didn't hit them in game one. Well, Max Struess and Duncan Robinson didn't hit them in game one. And Max Struess and Duncan Robinson hit him in game two. And all the other, other Heat players hit them in both games. Like, this is a very key stat for me when I'm, everyone's been, the Heat fans are very upset with me for the takes on um, the variant stuff. One of the things I've commented on is I was like, look, if you take out Struess and Duncan, okay, who are their best shooters, and those guys having that bad of a game one was an outlier. Like, that's a tail in the other way, right? That way. Um, it's tail in the other way. Um, but the other players, all of the other Heat in game one shot 50% or better. There wasn't a single player, and they took a, a lot of those guys took threes. Caleb Martin and Jimmy Butler and um, uh, Kyle Lowry, especially, he's been red hot in the series. And obviously, Gabe Vincent. Like, all of these guys shot 50% or better, okay? So if you're generating the same number of open looks, like, point blank, if the Nuggets do not get better at contesting threes, they are going to lose this series. Because the Heat are going to hit, you know, Adam Adam really doesn't like the shot variance argument. I think it's fair enough to say in his favor that like, look, if you're going to leave him open, you're leaving yourself open to these possibilities. Like if you don't contest those threes better, even if someone like me is like, look guys, they're hitting 49% of them and the, and the league average is 37. The best mark that the warriors had was 46 and they're at 47% on 46 open. Like they're, I, I looked this up last night. They're shooting better than the 2016 warriors. I don't know what you want me to do. Like, that's just a fact they are doing that. But if you leave them open, you are opening yourself up to that possibility. If you contest them, they might hit those, but you've done everything that you can, right? If they if they're shooting forty seven, let me put it this way: if they're shooting forty seven percent on uncontested looks, that's on you. If they're shooting forty seven percent on heavily contested looks, there's nothing you can do. You've done the job, and you just tough tough break. So they got to get better at those. Um, one reporter was working on a story. I think it was yeah, it was Michael Pena of the Ringer was talking about. Uh, was asking a lot of questions about whether they need to bring less help on Jimmy. And like, there are some different answers there from different guys. Um, Aaron to his credit, like was not like, yeah, no, leave me on an Island because like, to be quite honest, I think Aaron probably thinks that Aaron's probably like, I got it. Like, it's fine. Um, That is what they need to do. Like they just need to do that. They just need to leave Aaron on. They need to leave Aaron on an Island on Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler taking fadeaway. They've done a really good job of crowding the paint. If Butler kills them by getting to the rim, okay, you know, now you've got a different problem. Now you just got beat from three and then you're getting beat on the inside. I have a hard time believing that Butler can sustain the kind of efficiency that the rest of their offense has generated. So it's probably better that they just don't overhelp as much. Um, that's probably like a um, important thing for people to, to kind of get in on. 
Um, so they needed to send less help in order to put themselves in a better position position to contest these shots and generate better stuff. And that's on coaching staff, I think mostly. I think that's on David Adelman specifically to generate a scheme where it's like, all right, guys, like this is not all these like because quite honestly, like the Nuggets sent so much help. Think about who the Nuggets have faced in these playoffs, right? Anthony Edwards, who was basically the Wolves' entire offense, right? And Ant scored because Ant was great getting to the rim. But like they sent help at him and and real and did the work to wear him down. Um, Booker, same deal, like waves and waves of defense to try and slow him down because that was all they had. It's him and Durant. Um, Lakers, same deal, right? Like LeBron has forty in the final one, but LeBron was exhausted because Aaron made him work, and they sent help. Like they they sent all that help. This is just not a team I think you can do that against. You're gonna have to play these guys pretty straight up because of how they execute and how confident they are. Um, finally, one more thing I wanted to talk about before we go to the, other, the last segment is offensive rebounds. From game one, the Heat have said, not we're, gonna, we're not going to let you win the offensive rebound by much. The Heat have said, we're going to win the offensive rebound battle. Like They have said, we're, like, we're winning this battle. And they have, and that's a huge issue. Denver needs to crash the offensive glass a little bit. They're in a really tough spot because Miami has been the most transition effective team in the playoffs. They have been so good in transition and they are looking to to get out because their half court offense has been really good because of their shooting variants, but they know they don't have like, they're not stacked with weapons. They don't have like all of these different guys that can kill you. It's like Jimmy Butler and ISO are pick and roll, Gabe Vincent and pick and roll, bam on the short roll. And open shooters. That's it. Like, that's it. You know, um, like that's one of the reasons. Like I try and, and have tried to say this. Their game plan is built on slow the game down and win in the margins because they can't win a multi-possession game. Um, their thing is winning in clutch time because they can't win a high var. They can't win like a large set of, of sample. Like they are not that talented. They're talented. That's not to say the Heat are not talented. You know, at this point, I'm honestly kind of willing to say that they're a little bit more talented than the than the, than the Bucks, even with Giannis. I just think they're more talented, right? Especially when you got Jimmy making Drew Holiday look terrible. Um, so they're talented, but like they also are very realistic about who they are. You know, there was a question yesterday, kind of about like about do you guys feel like you're more talented than you get credit for? And the player obviously said yes. But I think a lot of this is also they don't view it that way. Like they don't view this series about how much talent they don't view the playoffs. They don't view any matchup because they know, like, look, if we just play better, it doesn't matter. Right. But as far as offensive rebounds go, the Nuggets are gonna have to find a way to crash the offensive glass while not getting killed in transition. And I don't know how to balance that. Because if you don't get it, you might be screwed. Like you might be giving it up. But I do think that they've got to find a way to battle a little bit more like on the interior to try and do this work. I think it's just very important. Uh, on the other side, I want to wrap up with some final comments about game three. Uh, some of the other comments that we heard from the coaches, including I want to talk a little bit about the fourth quarters that have gone on. We'll do that next on Locked on Nuggets.
back here on Lockdown Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us uh, on a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Uh, Henry Rutherford says, no Marius today? No Marius today. Uh, Adam was not available today. And so um, I'm with you solo, but Adam and I will do a post-game show tonight, either with me from the arena uh, or back here at the hotel. But we'll have a post-game show for you tonight. And then we'll probably do one tomorrow morning. I would imagine uh, probably tomorrow afternoon after media day is what we'll do. Uh, all right, last segment. So Malone really signaled this out and he talked about a lot of things in the fourth quarter, but that was his message yesterday. It was like fourth quarter, fourth quarter, fourth quarter. It appears like seven times in his transcript. I was in the, in the room for it. And he talked about a number of things. One thing that he mentioned was that the nuggets go from a 19% rate in the series in the first three quarters of shots inside the final seven seconds of the shot clock to 32% in the fourth quarter. And this matches the eye test. He's like, we're just not getting into our actions quick enough. The Heat are wearing them out. Like, I'll be, I'll be real with this. So the Heat are wearing them out and dragging the pace down, and the Nuggets are obliging. And we saw this problem in the Sun Series, too. Like, this is not a new issue for, for Denver, right? Um, and a lot of this, I will say, is, like, it's on Jamal. Like, point blank. It's just on, it's just on Jamal. And Jamal's been awesome in these playoffs. He's had huge games. He's been, he's been the second biggest part of their success. You know, he's been incredible, but this is like, this is what it takes is you got to rise above that. And he's going to be able to, especially in those second unit minutes, you, you just cannot, you cannot be getting late in the shot clock with the number of options that you have. Like you can't be running a non Jokic lineup, starting your actions at 15 seconds or less when the heat are running bam out of bio out there in this, in those minutes, you can't, you can't do that because the heat's defense is too good. You won't score on them. And then they're running and then they're getting interactions quicker. And like, they're slowing the pace down the pace in yesterday in uh, game two's fourth quarter was 78. That's ridiculous. Okay. They are dragging this thing so low. And it's like, this is, this is one of those things where, you can probably remember if you if you're listening to this podcast, you can probably remember like six to seven plays the Heat made, like the Duncan Robinson and one on Jeff, or you know the three pointer on Christian, or like all these other plays, right? You can probably remember those. And one of the reasons you can probably remember those clearer is because there weren't that many. But the Heat are like, we're just gonna we're gonna have like ten possessions in six minutes, and we're gonna convert all of them. And like that's how you change the the pattern of a game. I looked this up last night. The numbers on the Heat's fourth quarter performance have been, I mean, just insane. Like it is verifiably insane how good they've been. Um, but this Miami has trailed after the third quarter 12 times in the postseason. They've won the fourth quarter in 11 of those games. So when they have trailed in the fourth quarter, they have outscored the opponent in the fourth quarter in 11 of 12. And you say like, well, how often is that? And does it happen in the playoffs in the other 72 games this season? Opponents have outscored their opponent in the fourth, just 38 times. Like it's ridiculous how good they've been in these fourth quarters. There was comments yesterday about, you know, this is why Nicole has got to play the entire fourth quarter. Um, I can't, I still can't get there. I just, I'll just tell you, like, I think you Joker does need like a four minute, re- not four minute. He needs a th- two and a half minute rest. He just does. 
maybe the answer is Paul Merler in the third. You know, maybe take him out at the 10 minute mark of the third quarter, try and survive two minutes to end the quarter without him and then get him back in at 11 or 10 30 fourth and have him play it out. Maybe that's like the way to do it, but I don't think you can. I don't think you can really just run um, Joker all the way out. Uh, Jakey says Denver looks defeated. That's not true. I'll just tell you like point blank. That is not the sense I got from those guys yesterday. Period. And dot. I think they were tired. But like a lot of this is also. They know that they could have won that game. <laughs> like I need to stress that so many things went right for Miami. And it was a three point game with Jamal shot in the air. Okay. Now. Horseshoes and hand grenades. They lost. Right. And they deserve to lose. They play badly. There's just such a wide variance here. I don't think the Denver looks defeated at all. Now, Miami has a chance to break them because they're at home. And by the way, Miami has dominated game threes. They have dominated game threes throughout the playoffs. Um, Denver has won every game two, all three game twos until Sunday. Maybe this is the one that breaks the trend. Maybe this is an abnormal series compared to the rest of these teams' flows because the Heat were also undefeated in game ones coming in. Like the Heat were undefeated in game ones, the Nuggets were undefeated in game twos, and both of those are now broken. So that's entirely possible. Um, Golden gets called. It's one point game. We go to Jokic and win the game. I don't know. I don't really. I I really don't believe that the goaltending call was it because it's just like, look, guys, if you're going to leave that many open threes, you're just opening it up to the situation. Um, saying which also mentioned this one, Heat have won 38 of 44 wins with a five point margin this season. They're very comfortable in the clutch. Gabe Vincent actually talked to, I asked him a question yesterday about how they switch things up so easily. And he was like, we've played so many clutch games. He's like too many. He's like, but the thing is, is like in every clutch game, you got to do something different. If you want to get those little wins, you know, he was like, those are the situations where you work on that. Those are those situations where you improve that. Those are the situations where you learn how to do this. Um, I've always kind of been like clutch games are a little bit coin flippy, you know, and like you could be a really good team and win the majority, but like the margin kind of shifts depending on like, okay, if you're a really good team and you win 60% of your clutch games. Okay. If you're a really good, good team and you win 70% of your games, well, you better be like elite. If you're winning all of these clutch games, you better be some sort of like all time elite team and the heat are not, they're just not. Um, so like, that's not, I don't think that that's necessarily uh, a margin here. Um, Russell Martin says nuggets have stepped off the gas when they had all year. It came back to bite us. That's also accurate, right? Like if they don't just completely melt down in the fourth and look, if the Celtics don't completely melt down in the fourth, if the bucks don't completely melt down in the fourth, like this has happened over and over again. But I also think it's like, you're going to need. Freddie says Miami played almost a perfect fourth quarter. What do you mean? They got all the calls shot 50% from three. You can't play any better. This is the bar. Like, I'm just telling you, like, the heater, the heater going to demand this of you. This is who they are. You're better, but you're going to have to be better. You don't get to be like, well, we're better, so we can play like a, okay, like, you did that in game one, and you got one, but you're split because you did not improve. The Nuggets are going to need a ceiling game in, in three or four. If they don't, they're going home down 3-1. They're going to have to play the capacity. If they do not, they're in trouble. Um, I don't have a good sense on... 
what's going to happen in game three. I don't. I don't have any idea. It's a home game. Finals. They got momentum. All these type of things. I don't necessarily think that the, the Nuggets feel like they have momentum. I don't necessarily know that they feel. And also, I'll say this. I'm being really honest with you. I don't get the sense that the Heat are super confident. That's not that they're doubting it. I think they're just like, they're not like, mm, this one's, you can tell when a team's like, yeah, we're we're in good shape. I think the Heat know, like, we did all this. We shot this, at least we did this, and it was a three-point game. We got to be better. Like, they know that. You know, and you always think that you can play better. I don't know how they can, but they're going to have to figure it out. So we'll have to figure it out, see and how it happens. Um, all right. That's going to wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy Game 3. Try and enjoy being in the finals. And we will be back after the game to give you a post-game show. And then we'll have another one probably tomorrow after Media Day to break down the comments from there. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to hit the rate, review, and subscribe button on YouTube. Give us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Let's get those up the charts. By the way, Locked On Lakers is still ahead of us. Like, Locked On Lakers is ahead of us on the charts. Does that sound right? Tell a friend. Get them on board. Join the train. Uh, We will see you guys again after tonight's game. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets.